So here we are in our final week of this series called Unplanned Christmas. And you probably know what presents you are giving to people. If you don't, it's ticking fast. Um, but you probably know also where you're going for Christmas. You probably even know what you're cooking for Christmas lunch or what you have to bring over to the family's house or relative's house. You probably have all those things planned. And the reason why you have that planned is because it's Christmas time. Christmas is a season of planning. But just like Christmas, as well as any other season of life, there's lots of things that happen that are unplanned. And so even at Christmas time, and it just seems like, seems like Christmas time has even more things that are unplanned. And so with this unplanned Christmas, we have been looking into how this affected the very first Christmas. And we even talked about how this whole unplanned Christmas with, with the, uh, the virgin birth and the um, going to moving from Nazareth to Bethlehem and even escaping Herod from Bethlehem uh, to Egypt and some magi wise men traveling over 800 miles from the Far East to come uh, visit uh, Christ. And we have all of these sort of unplanned things that have happened in the, in the first Christmas story and it makes you think, why would God do such a thing? You know, when we, when Suzanne and I either brought kids into the world or adopted kids, we, everything was planned, okay? We, we knew exactly what, what hospital we were going to, what doctor. Uh, we, we knew exactly when we brought kids home from adoption. Uh, we, we knew exactly what room they were gonna go in. In fact, we had to build out some extra space in our house for that. And so everything was planned. And so you think, well, surely if God can plan the universe, Surely he can create a plan to bring Jesus into the world that didn't revolve around all of this, these things that we see in the Christmas story. A manger, a stable, are you kidding me? But what we found out is that through divine distractions, God brought Jesus into the world. And the reason why is because the world is filled with an evil one, Lucifer, Satan, who wants every, to do everything he can to uh, interrupt God's plan. And so, if you really read into the Christmas story and the prophets and everything, you can kind of see where God was causing distractions all around to bring in Jesus into the world. And you can listen to that sermon um, that, we, that I preached the first week of December, and it's at lakepointonline.com. In our second week, we talked about how Christmas can just be a time of just an unjust Christmas or unfair Christmas. Things are just not fair we, we, have, um, we have people in our church, you may know people who are in situations that they are facing something that they don't deserve. They did, they did nothing to deserve what they are facing because of this sinful world. And sometimes we, have, or, or we face things that are unjust and unfair, just like Mary and Joseph did. They face accusations, a relocation, they, were, they face rejection, and they also face evil intentions by, by this world. Obviously, Jesus did on the cross. And so, as you look at this and you think, man, life is just so unfair, guess what? Jesus knows that. In fact, I think that is the very reason, one of the reasons why, why God sent his son Jesus in the situation that he was in, so that Jesus can relate with us. 
He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't secluded and secured by armed guards. He was brought into the world in certain circumstances to show us, look, I, I know what you're going through. I know what it feels like to be accused, to be rejected, to be surrounded by the evil intentions of this world. And so if you feel a little bit like, man, this is just not fair, the unplanned events in my life is just unfair, rely on God to get you through it. Draw closer to Christ, and he will get you through it. Last week, we talked about how to have a courageous Christmas, and we looked specifically at three different groups of people. We looked at um, the crowd. You know, God's plan to bring Jesus into the world, the unplanned events, although planned by God, but the through the human eyes, unplanned events that happen on planet Earth around that part of the world, um, God caused that to happen not only to Mary and Joseph, but to the people, to the Roman Empire, to the known world. Everyone was affected by it because God caused the um, God, God caused Caesar to call for a census to bring people away from their home back to their original homeland to register for the census. That's why Mary and Joseph had to go from Nazareth all the way down to Bethlehem because Joseph was of the line of David from Bethlehem. And so we see how God, uh, God's plan erupt, uh, interrupted everyone in the known world. So it's not just Mary and Joseph. And because of that, the crowd, they were a little bit clueless. They were clueless as to what God was doing because here's what happened. They never connected what was happening in the world, the distractions in the world, the unplanned events. They never connected that to God. And so you and I, when unplanned things happen, are we like the crowd? Do we not connect are we clueless? Do we not connect the unplanned things to God, to what God could be doing in our life and around us? Because let me tell you something. There is a reason why unplanned things happen. And especially if you are a follower of Christ, if you, if you try to live your life pleasing to God, he does all things for those who love the Lord. And so are you, are you like the crowd? Are you clueless? Gosh, there have been times I've been clueless. I, I, I looked right past the un, un, unplanned events and never connected it to God until, you know, down the road after the fact. And I was like, oh, why did I not see that? Or maybe you were like the, maybe you're like the shepherds. The, you know, the shepherds were curious because the shepherds actually got visited by the angels. And so uh, they were curious, like, hey, there's a baby in a stable in a manger, and so we, we should go check this out. Now, the angels did not make the shepherds go. They could have stayed in the field, but they left their job, and they, and they went over, and they searched for Christ. You know, if you're curious about the unplanned things in your life, search for the meaning. Search for Christ, because if you're curious, it will lead you to Jesus. That's what happened with the shepherds. Their curiosity led them to Jesus. And if you're truly curious about the unplanned things in life, it, it will lead you to Jesus. If you really, really search, or maybe 
like the wise men, courageous. The wise men were actually watching for the signs. They were watching for the things that were happening. They actually connected what was happening in the world, the star, to scripture. And, and, and I've actually done a sermon on this in the past where, where Old Testament prophecies connected with the star. And so when the star happened, they said, oh, that's a new star. That's an unplanned star. Obviously, it was planned by God. But to man, it was like, this star has never appeared before. What can that mean? Well, we could just be clued us, oh, it's a new star. Or you could be curious, hmm, and you dig in a little bit more. Or you could do what the wise men did. They were courageous. Not only are we connecting with God, but guess what we're doing? We're going on an adventure. We're going over 800 miles, and we're traveling to see what this star leads us to, and we're going to uh, see what this is about. And so when you and I face unplanned things in our life, we could either be clueless or just a little curious, but the ultimate goal is to be courageous, to be courageous about those things, to not only connect them to God, but, but to allow God to walk with us through, through them, those unplanned things, and to see how they connect with God. You know, one, one way you can find out that you are courageous, you do like the wise men did. You give gifts. You give gifts. In your unplanned situation, in your, you could either do a woe is me sort of downtrodden feeling about your situation. You could either do that, or you could say, you know, I trust in God. I'm going to walk in walk in His in His favor. I'm going to walk by faith, and not only that, but I'm going to continue to give. I'm going to have a heart of generosity. I'm going to continue to give people my time, my abilities, my 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 talents. I'm going to give people my attention. I'm going to ask people how their life is doing. I'm not going to bring attention on me. I'm going, to bring, I'm going to lift others up. You're giving gifts just like the wise men did. They gave those three famous gifts. And so that's how you know. That's one indication that you are walking courageously in your situation of unplanned events. So in our final message today, I want us to talk about unplanned reactions. That's the, in fact, that's the title of my sermon today. I want to see unplanned reactions. I want us to take a, look, a closer look at the unplanned reactions to the unplanned events by various people within the Christmas story and what we could take from that. When unplanned events occur, we most often will have unplanned reactions. Think about it. When an unplanned thing happened, you're driving somewhere, you get a flat tire. Okay you're probably gonna have an unplanned reaction because you weren't planning on reacting to a flat tire because guess what? You weren't planning on having a flat tire, but it happened. And so your unplanned reaction tells a lot about where you are, who you are, and how much connected to God you are. 
And so, obviously, I'm using a flat tire as a, as a simple example, but there are, there are smaller unplanned things, and there are larger unplanned things. So there are four, there are four specific instances in this Christmas story that I want us to, to visit today regarding unplanned reactions. Number one, I want us to look at uh, this statement. Don't doubt your faith. Don't doubt your faith. The, um, you may remember Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest, and he had a wife, and her name was Elizabeth. And they didn't have any kids. In fact, they were really well into, into their age, really kind of beyond childbearing. Uh, most people have, have written them off. They probably wrote God off. Say, okay, I guess, I guess we're just, we're just going to be barren. We're not going to have any kids. And so they, um, uh, they were just living their life, doing, doing the thing. Zechariah was a priest. He, uh, he was called up um, to go to Jerusalem to actually burn incense in the Holy of Holies in the temple. And in fact, the, uh, only one priest at a time would, would go, and he, he drew the, uh, the short straw. And so he, it was an honor to go, but it, it was a little bit scary because you're in there by yourself, and, and you're in there in the Holy of Holies, and you're burning incense. And so he is there in, in the temple, and lo and behold, an angel appears to him. And, he, and this angel, Gabriel, tells Zechariah, your, your wife is going to have a baby. And Zechariah even questions God. We see this in Luke chapter 1, verse 18 through 20. It says, Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? He's questioning God. I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. So just imagine that right there. Him saying, I am Gabriel, and I stand in the presence of God. Imagine that. He stands normally in the presence of God, and he's come down, and he's saying uh, these words, and he says, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news, and now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe, that's a key word here, you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. So Zechariah was a religious leader. Now you may say, well, that's kind of harsh for the angel to, to say, you know, you cannot speak, to, to make him mute until the baby was born, which obviously that baby ended up being, you know, John the Baptist. But you may think it's harsh, but you gotta understand this. Zechariah was a priest. He should have known better. He should have, he should have, uh, Remember the many stories in Scripture about how God did the impossible, especially when it came to women who were barren. He could do miracles, and an angel was there, and he's questioning. He did not believe. So one thing we're learning from this is don't doubt your faith. Don't doubt that God can bring you through whatever you are going through. If you are a believer in Christ Jesus, 
if you follow him and you hold on to him, and, and if an unplanned thing happens in your life, and I know there are lots of small things and big things, I, I understand we all go through unplanned things. But don't doubt your faith. Hold on, believe that God can pull you through no matter what. And also, in this instance, it, it really wasn't something that was, was bad for for Zechariah and Elizabeth, it was actually something very good. But yet we see Zechariah not receiving that word from the Lord. Can I tell you something? When God gives you something like, a, like favor or a blessing in your life, you need to receive it. You need to receive it. And, and this is not a, uh, you know, a, it's not a prosperity kind of gospel. We don't, we don't preach that. We don't do that. But I do know this. There are many believers in their life who they think that just Christians ought to just, you know, live a humdrum kind of life, you know, and can't have too much pride. And you're right, can't have too much pride. But, but we can't confuse pride with the confidence of Christ that it gives us as the Holy Spirit fills our life. And if God gives you something, if God grants you favor, if God grants you a, a, a raise in your job because of your hard work, accept it, believe in that, and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's okay to receive the blessings of God. Okay? I just, I feel like I just, I need to emphasize that. Maybe there's some people here today, I don't know, I just, as I'm, as I'm preaching, the Holy Spirit is just talking to me, and I just feel like I need to emphasize that, okay? So just walk in the confidence of Christ. If you are walking with Christ, if you are having a relationship with him, if everything's good with you and Jesus, yeah, you're gonna make mistakes, that's, that's fine, you know? But you're, if you're not constantly living in sin, but you are living uh, your life for Christ, if you're connecting with him, then walk in that confidence and walk in his favor, and that is okay. Zechariah didn't receive the favor. He's serving the Lord. He's a priest. God says, I want to bless you, Zechariah. I'm going to bless Elizabeth. I want to bless you. Hmm, I don't think so. I don't think you could, I don't believe you. You know? Uh, okay, well, you're not going to talk until he's born. So don't doubt your faith. You know, um, Mary had a very similar instance with the same angel. Same angel, Gabriel, came to Mary, told her something very similar. Hey, Mary, you're going to have a child. You're going to have a son, Emmanuel, God with us. And I know that you've never been with a man. I know that you are a, 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 a virgin, but this is a miracle of God. Now, that's Frank Bennett just paraphrasing that conversation. But Mary receives it. In fact, she says, yes. I mean, I believe I receive it. In fact, we see Mary go to Zechariah and Elizabeth's house, because Elizabeth was her, was her cousin, an older cousin, and we, she goes over to Elizabeth's house, and, and Elizabeth even confirms 
Mary's faith. We see this in a few verses down, verse 45 in the same chapter uh, one of Luke. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Elizabeth is telling Mary, hey, she believes. You believe in it. Now, that's the difference between Zechariah and Mary. In fact, I, I, I almost wonder, because Zechariah is there. I mean, there, he's back at home. And Mary's coming to visit Elizabeth. And I, I just wonder if maybe Elizabeth was, you know, kind of yelling at the top of her lungs so maybe Zechariah could hear. He could hear, but he couldn't talk. You know, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promise to her. Yes, she believed, but boneheaded Zechariah, my husband, did not. You know, Elizabeth confirmed Mary's faith. So, number one, don't doubt your faith. Number two, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Now, this, this spiritual principle involves Mary, yeah, she, was, she was very much afraid of the, of the news. She was afraid of the news. And imagine what she was thinking in her mind. What, what are people going to think? What is Joseph going to think? Because she was already engaged to Joseph. Now, they weren't married yet. But, you know, Jewish, uh, a, a Jewish wedding was a two sort of, phase process. You had the betrothal period or the engagement period, and you had the actual wedding. And so Mary's thinking, what is Joseph going to think? What, what are people going to think? In fact, we know Mary was scared because she ran away from home. She did. She's 14, 15 years old. An angel tells her she's pregnant never been with a man before. Now, she believes him. She has faith. We see that. But her problem wasn't the faith. It was the fear. She ran away from home. She got out of her town. She got out of Nazareth. And she went to Elizabeth for three months. She went with Elizabeth for three months. She was scared. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't any other 14, 15-year-old girl be scared and, and kind of run away and like, okay, this, this is crazy. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Oh, I believe I'm pregnant. I mean, an angel told me. Never seen one of those before. And it wasn't a vision. It was like the real dude, right? The real man. And so, yes, she was fearful. She was afraid. But what I love about Elizabeth is that Elizabeth, obviously being older in her years from following God. And I, I, I can imagine that Elizabeth was a mentor to Mary. They were close. And so Elizabeth encouraged Mary through her fears. She encouraged Mary through her fears. You know, your unplanned things in your life, whether it be a, a job change or job layoff, maybe a bad health report, maybe an unfaithful spouse. I mean, you, you, you put whatever unplanned 
thing in your life, and it can be downright fearful. And you know what? That's natural. It's natural to, to, to be afraid. But once you get past the initial shock, then I want to encourage you to do what Mary did. She listened to God. She listened to the angel. She did not cover her ears, run away, and scream stranger danger because of the angel. She listened to the word of God. She accepted. She believed it. And then she surrounded herself with someone who could walk her through her fears. So if you're facing something and you get past the initial shock, don't be afraid, especially if you follow Christ, especially if you consider you're someone who, who, who is a believer in God and what he wants to do in your life and believes that God orchestrates all things together for those who love him. If you believe that, then don't be afraid. Walk in that. Surround yourself with people who can encourage you through that. That's why coming to church, being a part of a small group, being part of a family of believers is so vital. It's so important. I can't tell you how many times that, that, that within our small group or within our church, we've had, we've had the opportunity to come alongside people who are walking afraid and fearful. I'm going to point out a gentleman that some of y'all know. Gil here in the back. Gil, raise your hand. I'm putting you on the spot, Gil. I love Gil. When, uh, when we were over at the other place, Gil didn't let stairs stop him. He climbed those stairs, and uh, he came to church. And Gil, not long ago, was diagnosed with cancer. And so we as a church walked with him through that dark time. Gil gave me some great news this morning. Gil said, Pastor, I got some great news. I did a full body scan this week. Cancer is gone. Now, I'm going to tell you this. It doesn't mean that if you're facing something in your life and you're fearful and you get other people around you to walk alongside you, that you will be suddenly healed. I, that, that's, that's not the gospel. Sometimes you're healed. Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you have the ultimate healing of, of being in heaven, which is way better than living here on the earth. And Gil... Um, was able to, we were able to walk with Gil. And so, yeah, was he afraid? Absolutely. Yeah, saw the fear in his eyes. But he pressed on and he believed and we were able to walk alongside him. So don't be afraid. Don't lose your faith. Number three, don't walk away. Don't walk away. This unplanned event involves Joseph. We see this story in Matthew chapter one, verses 18 through 19. It says this, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, betrothed, 
Her husband was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph? Now, you may say, well, that's so kind of Joseph to divorce her quietly because according to the law, Mary could be stoned. But he, he would divorce her quietly. And so, yeah, there, there is a character trait there that, that's good, but there's also another character in here that we see uh, in Joseph. Did you, did you catch that Joseph was willing to walk away? In fact, he was, it was so set in his mind to walk away, it took an angel to stop him. It took an angel to stop him. Good old Gabriel came again. Now, this is, he was in a dream, but it took an angel to stop him. When, when the unplanned things happen in your life, don't walk away. Don't let that be the easy way out of a situation. So don't walk away from your marriage because of an unplanned surprise. Now, obviously, there's, there's lots of things that go into that. There's lots of things that the Bible says uh, about infidelity and adultery and how that handles. But, but if there's something in your marriage that is just not right, maybe your spouse just doesn't, doesn't seem like they, they love you as much anymore and you weren't really planning on that. And you're like, okay, well, I'm just gonna check out. I'm gonna check out emotionally. I'm gonna check out mentally. Don't walk away. And in fact, what you need to do is you need to draw closer. That's what Joseph ended up doing. He's like, I'm going to divorce her quietly and I'm going to walk away. No one will ever know. But now the angel's telling me I should need to move in closer. Don't walk away. Don't walk away from your role as a, as, as a father and leader of your family because things don't go as planned. Many people know me as a planner. I love to plan. I'm a planner. And when things don't go right, ah, it's not good. You know, I, I, I look at those things and I'm thinking, okay, why did this happen? So you really thought this message is for you and it's really for your pastor. But there are times that I have to look myself in the mirror and say, you need to say the course. Don't walk away. Don't walk away from, from being engaged in your kids. Don't walk away from leading your family. Don't walk away. Now, there's no fears of walking out of my home, but, but, but there are fears in my heart of just like disengaging, just like, okay, well, whatever. Whatever. I try, I try, I try, and this thing happens, ah, give up. And apathy sets in. You ever felt that? You ever felt apathy set, up, set in? Maybe not just even as a, as a father or a husband, maybe, maybe as a wife or mother. It's like you work hard, hard, and it's just like, oh, forget it. It's all going to pot. <laughs> you know? 
Don't walk away. Just because things aren't going right. Just because of things that didn't, you weren't planning on, happen. Someone needed to hear that today. And it wasn't just the guy on stage. So don't, um, don't doubt your faith. Don't be afraid. Don't walk away. And here's the last one. We'll close with this. Don't turn to rage. R-A-G-E. And we find this reaction. Again, we're talking about reactions of unplanned things that happen in our life. These are natural reactions. People, I've seen people walk away from their faith because of things that happen in their life. Don't walk away from your faith. I've seen people who have been afraid. They've been so afraid, they, they, they just like, you know, they, they're secluded themselves away from family, from society, and they're afraid. And it leads to very drastic things in their life. And that's a response. I've also seen people react to the unplanned by, they're, you know, they're just going to walk away. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to walk out of here. That's why we have so many people. That's why we have so many families that are broken because they walk away. That's a reaction to the unplanned things in their life. And we see this final one. Don't turn to rage, or don't turn to the rage. It involves King Herod. You know, the wise men came to Jerusalem before going to Bethlehem. They actually spoke to King Herod about a new king that was going to be born, according to the prophets. But King Herod, oh, he was, he was threatened by this news, and, and he secretly wanted to, you know, get rid of this, whoever king was, this baby. He told the wise men, hey, y'all come back here and share with me where this child is so, so maybe I can also bring gifts to him and celebrate his new birth. Obviously, that's not what his attended goal was. The, um, after giving the famous three gifts, the wise men did not go by King Herod. In fact, they went a different way, the Bible says, and uh, they were warned in a dream not to go that way. This did not sit well with King Herod. In fact, we see his response, his reaction to the unplanned. Here's his reaction to the unplanned. We find this in Matthew chapter two, verse 16. It says this, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, the wise men, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. In accordance to the time, because he asked him earlier, about when did this star appear? No, about two years ago. We've been, we've been traveling a while. We've been getting ready for the trip. We've been traveling. We're coming from a long way, and we're almost here. By this time, Mary and Joseph and Jesus had, had, had left for Egypt, again, warned in a dream. And so obviously Jesus didn't, wasn't a part of that. But the killing of every boy two years old and under when things do not 
when things did not go for planned uh, for Herod, he allowed his rage to get the best of him. When things don't go according to your plan, or when things catch you by surprise, do you turn to rage? You say, well, I've never, you know, gone to rage where I've killed anybody. Yeah, but you could kill a heart. You could. You could kill the spirit of people in your family. You could, you could, you could kill a relationship that God has put there as a gift to you because of how you respond in rage. Now, you may say, Frank, I, I don't really have a problem with that, and that is wonderful, that is great. But there are people who do. And so, in this world, this world is filled with people with rage. I mean, if you drive on 75 to Atlanta every day, you see it all the time. They give you nice, colorful gestures, roll down their window, honk their horn, get in front of you and, and brake, or ride your bumper, or whatever. And it's rage, and it's like, really? Because things didn't go as planned. I didn't plan to have this traffic. And then, oh, that's just, just a small thing. But listen, there are more serious acts or reactions of rage that we need to keep at bay. So I want to encourage you. Don't be like King Herod. Don't be like Herod. And, and just overreact. I think killing every male child two years and not younger uh, was an overreaction to that. Absolutely. Don't overreact. Don't turn to rage. So what, what reactions to the unplanned surprises do you express? One, do you find yourself doubting your faith? Two, do you, do you walk in fear by the unplanned? Three, have, you, um, have the unplanned occurrences caused you to walk away from being a husband, a wife, a friend, or a Christian example that God wants you to be? Or four, do you find yourself periodically in a rage over some trivial thing just because it doesn't go according to your plan? One of these may fit you. One of these fits me, you know? Maybe a couple of these fit you. Maybe if all four of them fit you, I need to go to counseling. <laughs> well, need counseling, probably. So I want to I wanna encourage you. Listen, this Christmas, give a gift to yourself. And give a gift to your family and those who are closest to you. Give your gift. Give this gift. Tell yourself, no more am I going to doubt my faith. No more am I going to allow fear to stop me. Now, you're going to be afraid. You may walk in fear. Mary did. 
But it didn't stop her. It didn't stop her from fulfilling her role. Tell yourself, no more allowing fear to interrupt. And tell yourself, I'm not going to walk away from what God has called me to be. I'm not going to walk away. And then finally, give yourself the gift to say, no more am I going to overreact to things that happen in this life. I'm done. I'm done with that. That is the best gift you can give yourself or your family. Better than any gift under your tree right now. Better than any gift that you will ever find or you will ever give under your tree to your family and to yourself. That right there. So, Christmas story has a lot of people reacting to the unplanned things in their life. And I would do a disservice as pastor if I didn't look at that and put myself in the historical or cultural context of this passage and put ourselves in there and say, okay, how does this relate to us? It relates so well with us.